0: Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there, but it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Right, y'all today we have natasha miller as a guest on the refined clip to podcast get ready we just had the most fun time chatting. I love her story. I love what she is up to. A little bit about her before we get started in the conversation, Natasha Miller is a daughter of God and mother to Harvest Ann and Melody Grace. She takes great joy in being a spiritual mama and fearless mentor to this generation. Natasha is also the co-founder of Miller Media Group, a company dedicated to raising up brands and publications that heralds God's voice through all forms of media Natasha is also the founder of fearless women mentorship where she helps women to recognize their inner beauty and warrior I'm so down with that she believes that when women recognize their ability to truly flourish despite what happened in their pasts or present that they will be, catapulted into a life of divine freedom, which will in turn birth an effortless life of fearlessness. I mean, y'all, Natasha is a powerhouse. I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. But one more thing before we get started, if you love the Refine Collective Podcast, would you mind pausing right now, leaving us a five-star review and a written review on either your podcast app or on your iTunes? That would just mean the world to us. It helps us keep good tabs on what is resonating with you, what episodes you love, what topics you love. You can even throw some questions in there for future episodes. We read all of those. And also your five-star ratings and written reviews Act as a sort of push for us on iTunes. It gets our podcast out there in front of more people's eyes. So we just want to create a win-win all around for everyone. And we want more and more people to hear the message of the Refined Collective Podcast. So again, would just love to invite you to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Thank you so much. So let's go ahead and get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Refine Collective Podcast. Today, I have a guest and what is super cool about this guest is I've never done something like this before. I had her husband as a guest a couple months ago, Jamal Miller. And I so enjoyed my conversation with Jamal that literally as soon as we got off our call, I slid into his wife's DMs and was like, Natasha, can we be friends? Can you be on my podcast? I'm going to be in Chicago soon. Can we please hang out? Um, And I'm really glad that she didn't think I was some weirdo, creepy girl. And she responded back. And now today is on the podcast. We are going to be talking about singleness, relationships, marriage, how to work through marriage instead of just planning for that wedding day. So many good things we have planned for you. So I'm excited to just jump right in. So hello, Natasha. How are you?
1: Hi, Kat. I am doing so well. I'm so excited to be with you right now. I'm so excited
0: (laughs) to have you here. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, you responded to my DM.
1: (laughs) It was so fun. I was like, because my husband, he had so much fun on the podcast. So when I got a DM from you, I was like, just screaming and laughing. I'm like, she DM'd me. She wants me to be on her podcast. And we were just, you know, so happy. Yes.
0: (laughs) I think the really cool thing about the online world, and I'm definitely a big advocate of living our life in real life and in real time. So I think there's definitely balance between social media and real life, but there's so many amazing people doing such incredible things. And I would never have learned about you guys if it wouldn't have been for my other online Instagram friend that posted about y'all. And so Mm -hmm. I just, I'm just grateful for the connections that, um, you know, that the internet brings us sometimes. Yeah,
1: it's so beautiful, especially when you're able to actually create, you know, genuine relationships and friendship. Um,
0: So it's such a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of meeting someone online, um, I got the privilege of hearing Jamal's take on how you guys met and got together. I love your story. And yeah. I would just, I'm always so curious to hear what is the woman's part? What's the woman's side of the story? You know, because I feel like it's usually a lot different and there's a lot more detail. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So no, I-, I would love, if you're willing to share, I would love to hear your story of how you and Jamal met and yeah. your, your love story unpacked.
1: Yeah, I would love to. This is actually perfect timing because my husband and I, we actually um, had the opportunity to refilm our love story um, and we'll actually be sharing it, you know, with the world in a few weeks. So um, Mm. it was it was really cool to be able to revisit those special moments and share how much growth Mm. has taken place you know, since meeting. Um, So yeah, so just like Kat said, we have a very interesting love story. My husband and I, we actually met on Facebook. Yes,
0: Facebook. (laughs) What in the Um, world? I was still, what?
1: I know, that like even threw me off. I mean, I had never, you know, dated anyone online. And I'm sure a lot of women can identify with, you know, creepers or trolls Mm -hmm. who will send you on Instagram and Facebook. So I had initially... Saw his Facebook page in the year of two thousand and nine, and I just added him as a friend. And in two thousand in two thousand and twelve is when we actually started uh, communicating uh, back and forth.
0: Wait, so how did you find him on Facebook? Were you just like hot single Christian men search?
1: Well, Facebook was really just kind of like getting started. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember, you know, during that season of my life, I was really looking for other believers who believed in, who had the same faith as Mm me. Um, So I remember I was really into the International House of Prayer community. And I actually thought about um, going um, to their spiritual school there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember I just put in, you know, IHOP and his, his uh, profile and many other profiles started to, to uh, show up. So I ended up, you know, just adding him and I added like a few other people too. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, man, these are like, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ will be able to have a whole, you know, timeline and feed of just, you know, positive words and thinking. Um, so that was in 2009. Um, and then in 2012, it's, he he actually sent me a, a Facebook message. It was very like general, like, hey, um, how do I know you? And for me at that time, I told him, well, you know, I found you like on this ministry page and thought, you know, that that um you were pretty interesting. And it was just really just real general. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember. Like in the summer of 2012, you know, he added me on Instagram and we were kind of, you know, liking each other's pictures. So it's progressing. And all that kind of
0: he, uh, 2009 <laughs> to 2012 is slow moving, but then it's progressing to Whoa. Instagram.
1: <laughs> and then do the, Yeah. So he went like way back into my, my um, Instagram, my, the uh, Instagram feed there, and he went back to like a picture I had posted like months ago, and he put a comment there. He was like, so do you sing? And I was just thinking, who is this guy? Like, this is so random. Like, I don't have any music on my page. I'm like, okay, he is really trying to get into those (laughs) bands, right? So, So after that, it was just really like this internet friendship, you know what I mean? There wasn't anything romantic that was taking place. But I remember in the fall of 2012, He sent me a message on Facebook Messenger, and he said, "Hey Natasha, I've really been inspired, you know, by you. Because during that time, um, I also had a blog where Mm -hmm. I was helping." young women in their season of singleness to be content mm. and to know how to really um, create that healthy foundation with God, you know, before entering into a relationship. So he had been on, you know, my blog site. He had been on, you know, through all of my pictures. And he was like, man, I've, I'm really impressed. He's like, I would really love to get to know you. He also shared with me that he had talked to his pastors and like mentors about me. So once I saw that he had actually, you know, um, he had shared, you know, my page and he had talked to his leaders about me. So that's when I felt the peace to actually say, hey, you know what? I wouldn't mind having a conversation Mm -hmm. with you and I wouldn't mind getting to know you. Um, So right after that Facebook message, we ended up hopping on a call like a few days later. He actually wanted to Skype. And I was just like, no, (laughs) like, let's talk first and make sure that like it was just too it's much. not for a me, crazy you know, no. <laughs> Yeah. Like let's just talk on the phones. He was down with that. Because and where did you guys just, live
0: at that time?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So he so I so I lived in, in, in a sunny California. So I grew up in Oceanside mm-hmm. and my family ended up moving um, you know, into Southern California there. And then my husband, he was living in Chicago at the okay. time. So We were both long distance.
0: And can I ask you Um, one more clarifying question just because I'm curious. Did it, when he said that he had talked with other like pastors and leaders about Mm -hmm. you, like part Mm -hmm. of me is like, whoa, like does that feel like a pressure? Did that feel intense or what, did that Mm -hmm. feel comforting? That was very comforting
1: because I had received messages from guys in the past and it just seemed really perverted Mm -hmm. because it was more like, Hey girl, you look good. Mm. You know, can I have your number? And with, Mall. he was very specific. He shared how he felt emotionally. And then he attached, you know, the accountability piece to where I knew at that moment, he wasn't a man who was living on an island by himself. Mm. He was a man that was submitted, like a man who was open to hearing other voices in his life. So that actually brought me a lot of comfort knowing that I wasn't a secret Mm.
0: and that he had talked about me to his friends and family. I love what you said uh, that you weren't, you weren't a secret because gosh, yeah. how gosh I have definitely felt like that in the past with guys of like, man, yeah. I like, why aren't you introducing me to your friends? Like, why aren't you bringing me around your family? And yeah. I remember like, I had this conversation with God. It's been years ago now where I said that, God, I want a man that is willing to hold my hand in the daylight. Like, yeah, I want, I like, like I want someone that is proud of me. And it has, I love mm-hmm. what you said, like he wasn't a man living on an Island by himself. I think that's so yeah. important.
1: Um, yeah, it was, it, it was so comforting. And I remember, you know, even after our first conversation, like the one thing that I admire about my husband is like, he's very intentional. Um, he, even from, like the moment I heard his voice, it was like, I knew that he was a man that knew what he wanted, like a man that was not teetering and tottering back and forth. Mm -hmm. And for me at that time in my life, you know, prior to meeting Jamal, um, I had never dated. Like I had went out with guys, you know, but it was nothing serious. I, I never had a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I had never kissed anyone. And I was, how old was I when I met him? I was like, I was 26 when I met him. Um, and so, you know, even in that season of my life, I knew like even that same year that uh, Jamal had sent me that message where I had really began to seek God in regards to God. Okay. You know, I'm getting older and, and, and I would love to be able to experience love, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to experience, um, you know, a relationship. Um, so when I met Jamal and I saw that, okay, even from the first conversation, I could just tell that he was a man who had confidence Mm. and a man that I could feel safe with. And I know that that can sound weird because it's like Natasha was your first time talking Mm. with him, but I truly believe like when you are with someone, or even if you're just starting out like in a friendship, um, with, you know, a man who could possibly be your, your, a future spouse, that there's just like this peace that happens instantly, you know, to where you won't have to, you know, double think. Um, and you'll know in that moment that, Hey, this is someone special, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah. So after that first conversation, I mean, we laughed, we, you know, we uh, shared kind of like our testimonies of like how we found God and what we're doing in our life currently Um, and then he told me like, Hey, Hey, like, can I call you, um, and talk with you again? And I said, sure. And immediately like that following morning, he sent me a message and was like, Hey, I enjoyed our conversation. And ever since then, I mean, we talked on the phone morning and night and it was just beautiful um, and really organic. So yeah, so we met, um, so with us being long distance in the beginning stages of our relationship, um, we were going back and forth with Skype and, you know, with um, our phone calls and he was like, Hey, we need to, no, no he didn't say babe because at that time <laughs> he was like, we need to meet each other, you know, because, you know, we're vibing on the phone, but we need to see how we want to proceed in the future. Mm-hmm. So we felt like, okay, emotionally, like we're connecting and stuff, but physically, how is that going to be? Mm-hmm. So we um, ended up meeting each other for the first time um, at one of his churches conference. Um, and I flew out to Chicago um, and we just felt that it would be better to meet in Chicago versus going back uh, to California where where I was born and raised. And then Jamal's family actually resided in Louisiana. Mm. So we wanted to be in a place to where, you know, we could make this decision by ourselves. So, yeah, I flew in there and... To be honest, it was scary because, yeah. like I said, this was like the first ever relationship I had really kind of had, you know. Um, but there was just this instant, you know, peace that I had to where I felt like after that first meeting that we had, you know, physically, I remember getting on the plane and I was just like, God, okay. I really do like him. Mm. And I just felt the Lord, you know, put peace in my heart and tell me like, Natasha, he is a good choice. Like I approve of him. And I remember like the guys that I had, you know, went out on dates with in the past and I had prayed about it. I just didn't feel that. Yes. I felt like there was a resistance. There wasn't peace. But with Jamal, I felt like God was like, he is a good man. He's a good choice. And you can choose him Mm. if you want. And so for me, I was like, God, this is what I want. I feel the peace from you. So, yeah, we he came and met my family in the month of November in 2012. And then um, I met his family in January of 2013. He proposed to me in January in January of 2013. And we got married in July of 2013. So we just celebrated six years of marriage on the 27th. Of July, wow. so yeah, it's that's kind of like the it's it's a detailed version, but I know it's it's just been really interesting to talk about it from the perspective in which I have now mm-hmm. as like being married for six years yeah. and having children and then going through ups and downs in my marriage. I just it's kind of been real healing mm. to kind of go back and see that, wow, that woman that, you know, first got married has evolved into the woman that I am today. So I'm grateful that God, um, allowed our past to cross. Mm. And yeah, I just know people ask me, Tasha, how did you relocate? Like Mm. were you scared? And I was like, man, like, honestly, I had this, this kind of fearlessness, Mm. you know, I just felt like God, I just felt his peace. And I knew that, You know, this decision um, that I was making was not just for my present, but it was for my future. And I felt like, hey, right now, this is like a gift that the Lord is giving me and I can choose, you know, to enjoy it. I can choose to have it. So I said, yes.
0: I think that's so incredible and such an interesting story. And the thing that I'm really curious about is Mm -hmm. what was life like? after the wedding. Cause I think, you know, yeah. I'm single. So many women listening yeah. to this story are single or maybe women are in a marriage where they're feeling like, oh my gosh, like I wish I had a story like that. We haven't had sex in seven months or whatever it may be. Like, I think it can just be so easy to idealize like getting mm-hmm. down the altar And you like hinted at it, like, you know, you grew. There were, there's hard times Mm -hmm. in marriage. Like, and the fact that, you know, you moved cross country to be together and you really didn't know each other for that long before getting engaged. So tell me a little bit about what, like, what was that first year like being married? Like, and if you're, whatever you're willing to share, like, what were some of the unexpected hard things? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that just brought me all the way back.
1: (laughs) I remember when we got married because we got married in California and we actually um, we did a road trip. So we drove from California all the way here to Illinois. And I remember saying goodbye to my family and, you know, getting in the car. And it was just me and him and my stuff in the car, you know, like in the back trunk. And it just really began to hit me, mm-hmm. you know, the, the decision that I had just made to connect my life, you know, with this man. And yes, you know, the love is there and it's always been there. But the moment I, you know, moved to Illinois and we got into our apartment and life started to really happen. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, like being inside of our little house. And during that time, I didn't have a job. So I was in the house and kind of unloading boxes. And I remember sitting in there and he would go to work and I'd be looking around our little house, like, afraid, like, Mm God, how am I supposed to make this house a home? Like, How am I supposed to, you know, be this perfect wife? Mm. I think even in my mind, entering into marriage now, I could see that I really had this romantic idea of what a marriage should look like. And that was even kind of mixed in with this, um, you know, kind of wanting to be perfect and not really... Even giving myself the grace Mm. to be able to make mistakes. And I think that really stemmed from even just seeing how relationships were done, Mm. uh, like in my family and those around me, to where, you know, like this was the first time that even in my family, to where I was connecting, you know, to someone who loved God, Mm -hmm. you know, where we were entering into this relationship willingly. We were entering, you know, into this relationship. Um, actually, in love. Um, so I remember immediately, like a month in, I started to experience just sadness mm. and like depression. I remember um, because, you know, with me moving here to Chicago, my husband, he was serving in ministry. He was the youth pastor there. So immediately I was immersed into a new culture. Mm. And I remember feeling I was constantly comparing myself to him, you know, because in you know, where I lived in California, you know, I was serving in my own capacity. I had people who were supporting me and that I was mentoring and pouring Mm. into. And then when I, you know, got married and moved here to Illinois, it was different. It was to where I was now having to learn how to do ministry together Mm. and knowing Mm. that, Hey, I'm kind of having to reestablish who I am in this new area, but it's not just me. I'm a wife, you know, to where, I need to learn how to rock this role first. You know mm. what I mean? So I remember him being away and I would just be sitting in silence. I wouldn't have energy to do anything. I remember I ate constantly. Mm. I like during my first year of marriage, I, you know, gained a lot of weight because I was, you know, suppressing mm. so many emotions to where I felt afraid to really share how I felt because I felt like, man, you know, you married this amazing man, mm. you moved to this amazing city, your husband's respected, you know, and i started to kind of fall into um, you know wearing this facade mm. that like okay, i really can't be who natasha is supposed to be because i need to be what my husband needs me to be or what i think people need me to be. Wow. So within that first marriage, i remember like even how even how you said that we were even just getting we were still in this season of getting to know one another. Mm. And I think for the both of us, we realized in regards to conflict, how we were really manifesting um, our response to disagreements in a negative way, Mm. because we were literally repeating what we saw our parents do, you know, where it was like, I remember like, honestly, Kat, like I didn't, you know, In marriage, I thought, okay, God, I saved myself for marriage. You know what I mean? Like, I'm marrying a man of God. Like, I was not thinking in my mind, we're going to be arguing or Mm. having this. You know, I felt like God, you know, like I've been this good church girl. Mm. I've done everything. Now it's time for me to have my reward. And I don't need any conflict or pain. But when I got into marriage, Kat, I mean, I've been... Through so much pain, I've died so many times, <laughs> so many deaths, but it's been painfully beautiful. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, to degree to where I've become this woman that I never thought I would become. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so yeah, that first year was very kind of up and down. Like I remember one argument that we had at the kitchen table, and during that time, whenever we would get into an argument how I responded is that I would leave. Mm. Like, I wouldn't want to talk about it. Literally, I would leave, go into my car. I would turn my phone off and he would try to call me and I would just ignore it. And then I would come home like an hour and a half later. And then, you know, he was like, where were you at? And I wouldn't even tell him where I was at because I was just so angry. I didn't know how to communicate. You know what I mean? Like what I was feeling because I was afraid of being rejected. Mm. I was afraid of, You know, it was just all these different things. So I remember from that moment, um, you know, my husband, I'm sure he could share his part is where in his mind, too, he had um, idolized marriage, you know, to a certain degree to where he felt like, hey, um, we shouldn't have an issue sharing how we feel. Mm -hmm. But when he saw that it was an issue for me, it um, it caused him to even begin to shut down, Mm -hmm. you know. So all of these things were happening under, you know, the table to where we thought, you know, we were getting better. We thought things were getting better, but because we were not being vulnerable with one another and really kind of sharing those dark and scary feelings with one another, we just suppressed it. Mm -hmm. And we found out, you know, later on in our marriage that, man, like, you got to deal with those things, you know? Um, in order for your marriage to really
0: thrive. Okay, all my single ladies, listen up. Raise your hand if dating as a single woman of faith in today's swipe right, swipe left culture has been a struggle fest. I've experienced it at all, from being stuck in the friend zone like it was my job, to my dating life looking like the Sahara Desert, to awkward setups, to heartache, to being ghosted, and pretty much everything in between. But you know what I've discovered? It doesn't have to be this way, truly. I know you're like Kat, you don't know me, you don't know my story, and you're right. But I know mine, and I know what it's like to feel hopeless in this area of my life. And I know what it's like to move into my season of singleness and dating with hope and clarity and practical tools and freedom. And over the last few years, I've literally journeyed with thousands of women all over the world and walking into more freedom and purpose in their dating life. So I created a free guide for you to help you jumpstart your dating life and get unstuck. It's called Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life. You can grab it for free at bit.ly slash trwdatingtips. In this guide, I will teach you the biggest mindset shift that will transform how you show up in your dating life. And then I'm gonna show you how to get unstuck in your relationships. I know you wanna meet a quality guy, but it's like, how, right? I got you, girl. Then the number one thing you can start doing today that will radically transform your season of singleness. And lastly, the three things I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago about dating. This guide is for you if you're a woman of faith that longs for a meaningful relationship but have no idea how to get there. Is that you? Then go ahead and go to bit.ly slash trwdatingtips and grab my free guide, Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life. So how did you... Well, there's so many different directions I could go in that, but I uh, mm-hmm. like two things come to my mind right now is, did you, you know, those first few years of marriage, which first of all, I think we forget like having a roommate, a new roommate is difficult, <laughs> you know, yeah, learning yeah. like, oh, what time do you take showers in the morning? Like, oh, if we yeah. both have to be at work at the same time, like we have to figure out nuances. Oh, like you really like the bathroom clean, but I really like the kitchen clean. So I feel like really disrespected when you leave your dishes out, but you feel super disrespected if there's a towel on the floor. Like there's so much like transition of just even learning to live with another person. Now, I think let alone sharing a bed, which... Yeah. I, Lord is going to have to help me because I'm not good at sharing beds. I'm 5'10". And I'm like, <laughs> we're going to need like two king size beds pushed together. Yeah. Um I'm a super light sleeper. And so I'm like, wow, you add on top of that, sharing a bedroom and mm-hmm. then having physical intimacy and sex with that yeah. person. And then often sharing a bank account and then family dynamics. I just yeah. think... They're so as beautiful and amazing as it is. And I can't wait for that. I feel like super aware that there's so much that comes up that like, we don't, we don't give enough like acknowledgements yeah. like that is hard. Like if I don't get along with a roommate, we can work through things, but after the lease is up, I can get a new roommate, you know, right. yeah. um, But the thing with marriage is we've now said, till death do us part. Um, So how did you guys get out of that cycle? And what was there like a breakthrough moment? Um, And what did you do to have better communication, to live better with each other? And
1: Yeah, for us, um, because even just early on in our marriage, within our first year of marriage, we started... A business, so it was something that we had not even planned on doing. You know, with our our love story and meeting on Facebook, our story actually went viral on YouTube, and you know, from there we started um, a blog site called Married and Young, and that was within the first year and a half of our marriage. And then from there, my husband wrote a book. And we were creating content and courses and we were doing Periscope and everything was moving really, really fast. And um, so I wanted to share that piece because mm-hmm. in the midst of us growing as a couple, just you know, with having children, you know, I had two girls back to back, you know, within like they're a year and ten days, um, you know, separate from one another. And um, and then just me even learning how to adjust being in a new state. So what we found about three and a half years into our marriage is that, um, you know, after having my girls, that our communication was not healthy. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, every little thing that my husband did, um, even for the business at times, I felt like his time investing in the business was taken away from me and what Mm -hmm. I And so we would get into many arguments in regards to how much time he was working or who he was spending time with and all these different things. And so it caused a lot of arguments. And for us, we experienced a moment in which we both had emotionally um, shut down Mm -hmm. to where, yes, the intimacy was there. We were having sex. You know what I'm saying? But you can still have sex. And even in marriage and not be emotionally connected, you know, Mm -hmm. emotionally connected takes having conversations. It takes vulnerability. It takes being able to forgive a person, you know? Um, So in our marriage, when we were starting to experience that, we knew, you know what, we need to get into counseling. Mm -hmm. And once we invested in that, in our marriage. And even with this counselor, you know, we chose someone who was not in our world, you know, someone who, you know, didn't know Pastor Jamal or Pastor Natasha, who who weren't like fans of what we were doing, but someone who was gifted and skilled in helping entrepreneurial couples, helping Mm -hmm. couples that are um, you know, growing in their businesses, but not really thriving in their marriages of knowing mm. that, hey, because for us, it was just this big whirlwind to where we're like, okay, we're doing marriage stuff. But then we had to know, you know what, we're not a normal couple. You know, mm. like God is using us to help, you know, prepare singles for marriage. He's using our stories and our lives to be examples of what is possible. So you better believe that, there's going to be trials. There's mm-hmm. going to be temptations. So we, you know, more than ever have to invest in how we communicate and how we talk and, and 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 um and how how we commune with one another. So I would say that that was really a moment of breakthrough in our marriage is when we were able to share the dark and scary things with our counselor, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. have a mediator to come in to help us work through that and then bringing us together as a couple and then allowing us to confront it that way. Mm -hmm. Because to be honest, Jamal and I were not really in a, in a, in the place of sobriety and even healthiness to be able to actually, you know, talk about those things Mm -hmm. because we were, you know, both afraid in a sense of, you know, being rejected. You know what I'm saying? And And it's just real stuff like, you know, you can be a believer, you could do everything right. You could, you could even be dating somebody for years, you know, 10 years, and then you guys get married and you're still going to cross over into a brand new world. Uh, You will still cross over into a brand new world. uh, Once you say I do, because Mm -hmm. I there's something very powerful about covenant. It's like, you literally are shedding blood, you know, like you're Mm -hmm. like, yo, like this is, you know, forever. It's still death. It's still death does its part. So, um, I think for us, that's really been like a breakthrough moment for us is knowing that, Hey, we can't do it by ourselves and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as having, you know, strong relationships, strong friendships, um, And just a strong community to remind us of like who we are, why God has put us together. And, you know, just you have to have the bigger picture in marriage because you could easily be turned off by anything. Like every day that I wake up, it's not like I'm googly eyed, you know, for mm-hmm. my husband. I'm sure for him too, he's not every morning like, oh yes, you know, but <laughs> that's how marriage is. Like there's sweet moments and there's hard moments. And what I'm learning is like, man, enjoy the sweet moments because you're going to need those memories and you're going to mm-hmm. need to feel that when you go through a valley. Yeah. And knowing that that sweetness of that last season has the ability to uh, keep you in the seasons to come. So that's why it's, an imp- it's important to invest. It's important to remind yourself of like why you married this person. And, and yeah, just knowing that, um, yeah, just staying in a place of gratitude.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. And I love that breakthrough moment of what you said, like realizing you can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And the thing that just seemed so interesting to me about that. When you said that Natasha is like, how true is that for life? Yeah, You know, like mm-hmm. that's the whole reason for the gospel yeah. it is like, I can't do it on mm-hmm. my own. Yeah. Like I can't fix my situation. Mm-hmm. I can't save or fix or control Anything externally, like I literally need something outside of myself to crash and collide into my world Mm -hmm. and renew me. And that's what relationship with God is. Mm -hmm. And, and it's also, I think, super interesting Mm -hmm. that, you know, the number one metaphor in the Bible of like God and humanity is the husband and wife. And so, like, what a beautiful, I think you just, gave like such a beautiful picture of what it means to be human is you we all need to go to therapy (laughs) like married single divorced like Mm -hmm. in a relationship not in a relationship Mm -hmm. that we all have wounds from our past that we're bringing into our present that Mm -hmm. are blocking us from our future Mm -hmm. and we don't have to figure that out on our own and even just what you're saying like Almost you were both scared to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. but like in the vulnerability is when the breakthrough comes yes. and inviting community into those places. Yeah. Because um, I think, man, what a wherever you are in a relationship, like that's mm-hmm. even just as a single person, I'm like, yeah, I need to hear that. Like, yeah, I can't yeah. do it by myself. I don't have to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pretend that I'm capable of doing it by myself. And
1: no, yeah.
0: Um, so mm-hmm. one thing that you said that I'm curious about yeah. you know, starting a business the year mm-hmm. you're married and it's like based off being married, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> did you ever feel like, oh my gosh, we're faking it? Like yeah. <laughs> if they only knew. Like Yeah, I think because what's interesting
1: is like when God has called you to do a thing, like He really graces you for it. And what I've learned is like when I felt unqualified are the moments in which God has like qualified me because i believe mm-hmm. that in those moments where i'm scared or i am broken and i'm in need of him and i ask him for his help i think like mm-hmm. he loves that brokenness because with that he's able to be glorified because that's when his strength comes in right so mm-hmm. i remember even within like like that first year like we were more focused on, okay, we want to make marriage, you know, popular. We want people to desire it again. So we thought, you know what? We're not going to be the only ones who's going to be talking about this. We're going to invite some mentors, friends, um, you know, who have been married, um, who who have been married for like 10 years plus and those that are engaged and people that are single and have them share like where they are at in the journey. So for Mm. us, even, even within our first year of marriage, um when we started married and young uh, we were more sharing from the place of like our single season you know mm-hmm. um but even in the midst of that though i would say like everything that i just shared like this revelation and like breakthrough and like complete understanding of what took place has recently come like in the last year and a half you know mm. Um, because like you said, we were willing to be vulnerable. So even in the midst of our struggles that we had not yet communicated or even knew we were struggling with, God was still being glorified. So I think Mm. I wasn't even aware of like, oh my gosh, you're not doing this. It was like, because God had not brought me to that moment yet, I had not really, even you know thought about it in that way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, like, once we started getting into the nitty gritty parts of our marriage, there were moments to where I was like, God, like many times, like I like even like my really good friends. I you know we would be doing webinars and like teachings, and there were many times where I literally just cried you know, before I mm. got on that, you know, call or we just got into an argument, you know what I'm saying? But, okay. <laughs> but even with that, it was just like, okay. Cause that's when we were able to separate, you know, ministry and God being glorified and our flesh. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's like, man, if, if, if I'm relying on my ability, like we wouldn't be where we're at today. I wouldn't even be on this call because I mm. would be like, God, I just like spanked my kid or I screamed at my (laughs) kid. So like, I can't do this. You know what I mean? Um, So it's just been like
0: a really cool journey. Yeah, Yeah. gosh, absolutely. (laughs) It sounds like it. Um, So if you maybe could like recap or give like, Mm -hmm. you know, a few, if you just like, Tips that a person listening to this episode could like walk away, hang their hat on, like, yeah. how do I make marriage work? Or how do I, yeah. how do I invest into my marriage? Maybe that's mm-hmm. a, a better way of putting it.
1: Yeah. Um, I think definitely what we just talked about in regards to counseling and therapy, mm-hmm. I would say um, invest in like your personal development and healing. So Mm -hmm. even listening, if if you're listening to this podcast and maybe some things from your past has resurfaced and you're realizing that, man, you know, there are some fears that I have. There's some unforgiveness in my heart. There's some trauma that I haven't dealt with that's Mm -hmm. affecting my ability to love and be present in my marriage. Or Even if you're single, if there's some areas in your life where you need healing, I would really encourage you uh, to invest in yourself, invest in you know, a therapist also invest your time in prayer and and even self discovery. Understanding that, hey, you know, before you can extend grace to others, you have to learn how to extend it to yourself. And you have come on, to, girl.
0: Say it again. Yeah,
1: before you <laughs> extend grace to others, you have to be able to extend it uh, to yourself. So marriage is all about that. Like. I fall short every day. Jamal falls short every day. And if I continue to allow his shortcomings to affect my ability to love, we wouldn't like, there would be absolutely no peace in this home. Like Mm. we would have already had signed, you know, divorce papers, you know, but we know that what we're building is not just for us, but it's for God. And I think too, if, I know in our society today that marriage is just literally a piece of paper, you know, and mm. it's like I'm saying I do and you have the wedding and everything's great. But when you really involve a deeper revelation to where you're like, you know what, like, I'm not just doing this for me, but I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for my future children. I'm doing this so that people can see that um, you can forgive and still love that you can be hurt and still grow um, and all these different things like it helps you to be able to fight in the midst of turmoil and challenge. You have to have a bigger picture. You have to have a bigger why. Um, so I would encourage you to, one, you know, invest in your healing process. Don't be afraid of digging deep. Don't be afraid of going back into your childhood and seeing, man, mm. what happened to me as a child really still affects me now. Whenever um, You know, like I'm around a certain person. If memories begin to manifest, you know, you don't want to keep suppressing that. Like, that's like the Holy Spirit inviting you into a season of healing so that you won't have to have those traumatizing memories come back. And I believe that when you can become a more healed and whole self, then when you get married, you're going to know how to accurately communicate, you know, to your spouse Mm. your needs. And you'll be able to accurately even know how to discern when. You're in an argument if it's you, if Mm. it's him, you know what I mean? Or if it's God, you know, but if everything, if you've never dealt with a lot of those issues, it's going to magnify in marriage. So invest in, you know, your personal development into healing. And yeah, I would say that. And I had also shared when I was talking to a friend earlier this week that, that, It's easy for us to communicate, right? Like me and you, like we're communicating right now, Kat, we're talking Mm -hmm. back and forth. But there's a difference between communicating and being vulnerable. And I know that we talked about that, you know, throughout this episode, but I believe that there is so much healing that comes from really being able to confess your sins and to know that, hey, you know what, in my marriage or even in my friendship, I'm able to fully be me. And I believe mm. that if you're able to practice that vulnerability now with yourself and with God and with your uh, friendships, I believe that it will be easier for you to do that in marriage. And for women that are in marriages and you're maybe thinking, you know what, my husband, he doesn't talk to me. He sits and watches the TV. Whenever we talk about deep stuff, he's checking out. I would encourage you to begin to you know, bring these concerns to prayer and let God begin to deal with your heart. And mm. allow him to change you, and let him change you. And even though it's hard, because I'm sure he's hurt you, I'm sure you know it's it's been rough. But when you really allow God to change you from the inside out, that's when you're able to truly love someone who's unlovable and mm. see God do a miracle in your midst. Um, so yeah, God is faithful. God loves covenant, and when you you know yeah. pray His heart. When you pray his word over unlovable people over hard situations, he loves to show out, and I believe that that's
0: the same even in marriage so I think that's so good and what when you said that, what came to my mind is just how you know the the patterns I create in my life today, the rhythms, the practices are what I take with me into that next season, whatever that next season be, whether that's like a promotion with career or a change in my relationship status. So, you know, I think it's like, you know, oh, well, I'll get over my eating disorder once I'm in a yeah. relationship. I'll get over the porn addiction. Mm -hmm. Once I have that, that person that I can have sex with in marriage, you know, I'll get over lying. Mm -hmm. I'll get, I'll be better with my money. Once, you know, once I have more accountability in marriage, like that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And God wants to heal us now. And I think God wants to develop our integrity today, not some future or past version of ourselves. And so, I feel inspired by what you said of just practice vulnerability now, like practice wholeness today. Like, I mean, I'm 34 and single and believing for the amazing man of God yeah. um, that God has for me. But I can, in integrity, say that I look back and I'm like, man, I'm so grateful that God did not give me what I wanted what I when I wanted yeah. it in my 20s because <laughs> I was not as healthy as I am today. And who knows, maybe 10 years from now, if I'm still single, I'll be like, thank God he didn't give me what I wanted when I wanted it. Um, but his timing's perfect. Yeah. Um, so I think there is so much that we can do in in the now to prepare for whatever that next season is.
1: Yes, yeah. I agree. It's, it's a beautiful season, whether you are preparing for that wonderful marriage, it's like 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 Kat said, every every decision that you make will ultimately affect you in the future. So mm-hmm. best wisely and you'll be able to reap,
0: you know, the fruit of that. Absolutely. Oh man, Natasha, you have so much wisdom. I wish, I can't believe it's like already been 45 minutes. I'm like, can we just it. talk forever? <laughs> um, thank you so much for your wisdom and I'm just so encouraged by your story, Mm -hmm. by your own vulnerability, just in this conversation of admitting like, yeah, things aren't perfect and we work at this and, um, that's so real. And I think more people, it would, it would be such a blessing if more married people were honest about that to single people, you know? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so before we hang up. Can you let people know where they can find you, how they, you have so many offerings from like online curriculums yeah. to freebies and resources. Like how can people get connected with what you're up to?
1: Definitely. So you can follow me on Instagram, which is Natasha Ann, A-N-N Miller, as well as on Facebook under that same name. Um, And right now we're actually in the midst of doing a a challenge. Um, So, we're kind of in a rebranding kind of phase. Um, mm-hmm. So, if you're interested in reading articles on marriage and how to prepare for marriage and how to rock your single life and your single season, you can check us out at marriedandyoung.com. And we have a whole bunch of resources on there. And on that website, you can also sign up for our, our email list um, to where you'll be notified of everything that we're doing. So yeah, definitely stay in touch that way through Instagram, marriedandyoung.com and joining our email list because we're always, um, you know, doing some amazing online events. And yes, so you can connect with me there.
0: Amazing. You guys are up to so many cool things. And I really hope if you're listening to this, pause, go to marriedandyoung.com, follow Natasha on Instagram, see what they're up to. And yeah, I just... Cannot wait for the day that you and I get to meet in real life. And I'm just so for what you are up to and what you and Jamal are up to. So yeah, just thanks for what you're doing. And thanks for your time and sharing your story. Thank you for having me, Kat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refine Collective Podcast. If you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you wanna hear about. Let me know what you wanna talk about and I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye. Bye.